Don't you guys hate top tens? Well, if you do, stay with me. We might be freaks, but we know our mother phone can beat. Can beat well, this period is very important, isn't it? We're reaching the end of another year, 2019. It's the last month. But we're also reaching the end of the decade. So when you look on the internet, you will find loads and loads of top 10s, top 20s, top 50s, best of albums of the decade, best of singles of the decade, best of artists of the decades, and the list goes on and on. It basically provides a lot of uh, good opportunity for people to showcase their expertise. That's in inverted quotes. However, I do have a problem with it and that this podcast episode is more of a rant. In order to, to compile such a list, you must exhibit an expertise which has to be very, very extensive in order for this list to be, first of all, accurate as well as non-biased. And let's be fair, there's going to be a bias introduced no matter what, no matter if you are the most objective reviewer. I'm saying that judging for myself, no matter how much I'm trying to be objective, I will introduce some bias with some artists that I particularly favor, or perhaps a genre that I particularly favor. I think this is a... But I, I just have to laugh. The reason I'm doing this podcast is I've uh, been looking around and articles as such pop in my, uh, to my attention. And I saw today a list of uh, from Mixmag. Mixmag is a UK publication, a dance music magazine with a very long history, that said the top 10 DJ sets of the decade. And I just had to laugh because I see the rationality of such an article as well as the maturity of whoever, the editor of Mixmag in particular, as well as whoever thought of doing such a list because let's let's think about it how are you going to compile such a list okay maybe it's not just one person maybe it's a staff list but what what does this actually mean the way dance music has developed over the last decade it has basically basically exploded not just on a national level in one country but on an international level during the summer in particular you have an incredible amount of festivals taking place the DJs basically live with a suitcase just hoping from plane to plane, from festival to festival. They even play two or three festivals in 24 hours sometimes. You you see this uh, compile list with the best of sets, and I'm just wondering, how did they come about to conclude such a list? Did they attend every DJ set of every festival in every country in the last 10 years? No, it, it is impossible. No matter how much stuff you have, no matter how much... This stuff is is well versed in dance music. It, it will not happen. And let's just face it: the way the human brain works, it basically retains the most recent information. So therefore, there's a bias, there's a time bias. People will remember the very last years of music, and therefore favor the very last years of music. This is why, for example, that. Movies that compete for Oscars or the, the basically the aim to get an Oscar, they get released usually around October, November. It's because they aim for this psychological trait that people will retain better and therefore they, they will value higher anything that any, any recent memory compared to an older memory. It is very rare to actually find 
a movie that was released, for example, just after Oscars to then compete for next year's Oscars, people will have forgotten about it. When when you see top 10 lists of, of every year, never mind the decade, you'll see how much there is a favor of people rating higher anything that was released, for example, in September, October, November versus anything that was released in January, February. Anything that was released back then is basically forgotten and dismissed. So that list was, to me, stupid. The editorial decision from Xmac, it was completely stupid. I just think that they just want to fill in pages and, and showcase something that is not there. I find, personally, very, very difficult, even though I listen to dance music 24-7, and I've been listening to dance music and raving for 30 years now, plus, I guess, and I don't listen to any other music genre apart from all the sub-runners of dance music, I just find it extremely hard to think of the best of list of DJ sets, for example. I know I have some favorite sets that stayed in my memories very fondly. However, that doesn't really mean anything because... I just happen to be there, I just happen to be in the mood and happen to enjoy the set. Does this mean that objectively this was the best set? No, it was subjectively. It was just that I happened to enjoy that particular set. For those who have followed the podcast for a long time, I'm particularly in favor of Eric Pritz, and I know how much hit and miss Eric Pritz has been over the years. I've attended more than, I don't know, 15 or 17 sets throughout the years, and there's been some amazing times, and there have been some kind of very average times. Unless these people attended every festival in every part of the world and listened to every DJ set that is posted online, that list is stupid, and, and you shouldn't pay any attention to it. And the reason I'm saying that is there's going to be a lot of drama, there's going to be a lot of discussion, and perhaps those lists and those articles have this as an aim. They just want to basically generate discussion, generate clicks, and generate, therefore, income for for the articles and the publications or the blogs themselves. Even when I look at the top 10 list or the top 50 list, I just have to cringe. I'm saying, who are you kidding? How are you going to judge all this? I definitely pay attention to them. I do read them. But to tell you the truth, I'm kind of impartial to it. So I don't get involved in the drama at all. Uh, I'm not saying how how did they come to this decision because there's, there's just no point. These, these lists are so subjective. I do understand that nobody can listen to everything in every sub that there is. Even with me, I'm struggling to just cover perhaps the tip of the iceberg. If you do pay attention, if you, for example, subscribe to any um, any online streaming audio service like Spotify or Apple Music, you would have noticed that you get more than 1,500 releases per week. So we're talking about 6,000 tracks per month. And now somehow these amazing people can narrow it down to 10 or 20 or 30 tracks per year. And I, I mean, I just find this impossible, an impossible task. And I, I don't think it's just an impossible because I cannot achieve it. I can pull out a list out of my ass if I want to claim expertise on that. However, I don't want to kid you guys. I compile, as you know, a hot drops list every month or, or twice a month. And even that I find it very hard to be objective on. I'd be really interested to if we had access to previous publications over the years, like the top 10s of 2010, 2011, and see whether these artists that were in those top 10 lists are still in the top 10 list in 2019, whether these 
songs or tracks or DJ sets stood the test of time. So retrospective look is always great to see how much of, of those artists that they praised back then are actually still on. And let's not kid ourselves. Avicii's levels will be in every top 10 or top 20 or top 50 list of the decade. Okay, so we can agree in a couple of tracks that have become legendary for whatever reason and they will always be there. But other than that, those lists will be very subjective and they, they will not be significant at all. I think even when you look at huge publications like Billboard magazine or Rolling Stones magazine, again, they're talking about staff list and you have, what, four or five people perhaps coming together and agreeing in something or every one of them is just throwing on the, you know, three or four favorites and then they make a top 20 of their own favorites just to please again everybody, all the editors. So nobody complains about being their choices being dissed out. Just to wrap this up, do try to keep in mind that don't don't pay too much attention to these lists. They're good to have a browse on. Perhaps you will discover an artist that you never paid attention on. Perhaps it will be a reminder of something that you've completely forgotten. But other than that, they have no other value or significance. Do compile your own playlists. I think that's what's the most important. The tracks that you actually love and were more significant to you in particular. There are some objective tracks or albums out there that have made a difference in the evolution of dance music in general in this decade. And these are what I'm trying to compile myself on a list for this podcast. But again, bias will be introduced. There's no escape from it. So whether this is this has any value or not, I think this can be judged 10 years later if we're all here at that stage listening to this music. So that's all for now. That's my round about uh, the best of or top 10s of lists that you're going to be seeing. Tons of them that will come out in these two months, November, December, and even January. And I know we, we're doing our own best of list on YouTube of every year, but I'm not narrowing down to like 10 tracks, you know. I've put down 50 or 60 tracks and they're still impossible to to have incorporated everything that's all for now folks stay tuned stay chilled listen to our older podcasts and remember get your freak on catch our podcast freak beat cdm podcast on all major platforms apple podcasts and itunes spotify google podcasts pocket casts subscribe so you don't miss any future episode and if you liked what you heard share with the edm fam also catch us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Freakbeat CDM Podcast and you'll find us hidden under every festival tent.